0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. It's Poetry Superhighway Live, our June 2010 edition of our monthly open reading. Good to have you here. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the proprietor of the Poetry Superhighway, uh, a fantastic website that revolves around poetry that you should check out. We publish two poets every week online as Poets of the Week. We've got contests, we've got all kinds of things, including this very show, which we broadcast every month, during which you, yes you, are invited to call in and read your poetry to a potential audience of billions of people. So, call in, the number's area code 646-716-7362, I'll put you on the air in the order that, uh, that you call in. We have no content or style restrictions. It's just all about you sharing your poetry, uh, trying to figure out what it feels like to read your poetry out loud if you've never done it before. That's what it's about. A quick uh, announcement about our upcoming contest, which is going to start in mid-July after a uh, trip that my wife and I are taking to Montreal, Canada. Uh, We'll be back. Uh, early July, and the contest will be starting probably the second or third week of July. So right now we're looking for sponsors. If you participated in the contest before you know what this is about, just for just for entering the contest, you get a con- you get a prize just for entering. and which is pretty cool. It doesn't matter if you score last place or first place, you'll get some kind of cool prize donated by our many, many sponsors just for entering a book of poetry on uh, a piece of art, a service, a magazine subscription, something of that nature. Right now, over 70 prizes have been donated by a number of different sponsors. We haven't even started the contest yet. We've got 70 prizes. It's, it's a cool thing. So check it out. If you're interested in sponsoring, click on Sponsor the 2010 Contest from the Main Poetry Superhighway menu. All the details are there. If you've if you got just one copy of your book that you you would be willing to send off to a potential contest entrant. That's all it takes to sign up. As a sponsor, you get your name listed in the sponsors, in the initial uh, correspondence that goes out to everyone who uh, on all the different lists that we send our contest announcement to, including the Poetry Superhighway newsletter. You get your you get your name listed on the on the webpage and you also have the potential to to place a free classified ad for the duration of the contest in our weekly classified ad section, which goes out to thousands and thousands of people. So that's just for sending as, as few as as one prize out to, to someone else who entered. Uh, some people donate more things, it's a cool thing, and it, what's, what's especially cool about it, besides what you get as a sponsor, is as I mentioned, every single person who enters will get a prize just for entering. So there really aren't any losers. Though, so of course, there are winners. There will be a few people who rise to the top who get get the cash prize taken from the entry fees, cetera. So click on Sponsor the 2010 Contest from the main Cochee Superhighway menu for info about that. In the meantime, call in. You've got the number already. If you're too shy to call in, if you just want me to, to say something to the audience out loud, you can instant message me. I'm on Facebook right now. Rick Poet, we're also on AIM, uh, AOL, the message program, also Rick Poet. You can send a chat thing, and yes, that's the official term, a chat thing. And I'll be happy to say whatever it is that you would like me to say on the air, probably, uh, unless it's some kind of embarrassing. Like if you had said in a chat message, Rick, tell everyone that you're a big poo-poo head, I probably wouldn't say that. So, you know, it, it should be more more relevant to... to poetry things, announcements, shout-outs to their website, that kind of thing. What the heck? If you want me to say I'm a poo boo head, I'll I'll do it. Just, you know, send a message. That's that's fine, too. We're going to get to our our first caller, someone from the 604 area code. Hello.
1: Hello? Yeah, hello. Oh, I didn't realize that was me.
0: (laughs) 604. Yes, yes Um, vancouver
1: vancouver uh british columbia
0: great well we're we're heading to the greater canada area ourselves uh not vancouver but uh any tips
1: i heard you're going to montreal uh i love montreal it's beautiful i've actually only been there once before myself (laughs) yeah yeah, i guess
0: it's it's kind of far away from Vancouver. Uh, we've uh, never been there myself either, but we we have been to Europe a few times, and I guess they say that that Montreal is about as close as you can get to going to Europe without crossing the ocean. So yes, sort of the, the attraction for us with uh, with a with with our kid who we can't cross the ocean with exactly. Yes. What.
1: It it has that it has that feel, and um, if you have a chance, to get up to Quebec City as well, because Old Town Quebec City really you will feel like you are not in North America at all. <laughs> cool.
2: Well, that would be a bonus. Well, that's, and that's
0: just that's pretty close to that, a couple hours away from the old. Yep. Active. Yeah. Come on. Who am I? Who am I talking to?
1: Oh, this is Danica Densmore.
0: Hi. Danica.
1: I um, have followed Pacific um, the. Poetry Highway for a long time, I've listened to the podcast, have been kind of lurking, but I've never actually called in, which is um, odd for me, but uh, um, I've since I've been enjoying it for so long, that I figured maybe today was the day. <laughs>
0: That's excellent. Odd for you. Normally, are you a caller-inner? Is that what you mean? Or pa- pardon? So, uh, you say it's odd for you that you haven't called in, or are you normally someone who would call in you normally
1: not a lurker, is that what you mean? Why is um, it on? I've, been, I've been a poet for many, many years and have performed many times and have lots to share and tend to be a joiner. So, um, uh, but I, but um, the Poetry Highway has been really supportive uh, of, um, of things that I've been involved in in the past, and uh, I think you guys are great. Your website's terrific. You've supported the 315 experiment um, yeah. before. Maybe you don't remember, <laughs> I but uh, of it.
3: it's
1: um, also an area
0: code that I used to live in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, since we're talking about um, Canada, and uh, I, I, the only reason I'm in Canada is because I married a Canadian. And uh, I'm from the States, and uh, he's actually from Montreal. So I will read something that was written for and about him. Uh, with, when I went out to the East to visit him, he had a reunion with his band members that he hadn't played with in about 20 years in the basement of one of their homes to the um, horror, I think, of the person's wife because they played for quite some time.
2: <laughs>
1: so um this is a poem called uh, Days After the Spider Was Dead and uh it was written about that occasion. Am I coming through, okay?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. All
1: right. Days After the Spider Was Dead. She knew that time of year when trees invent new colors and the sunset from a Pacific Northwest train is an angelic hole in an otherwise clouded sky. She'd been waiting for some appropriate memorial for the dead spider, the big-as-your-hand leg span tennis-shoed into the basement carpet as 40-year-old schoolboys revisited songs they'd written long before the world had bitten them in two, sent them separate ways with a melancholy glance. She sat mesmerized by her lover's fingers and his forgive me, I'm out of practice smile until the spider incident knocked against her head, the spider later to be reincarnated as a deaf child whose parents grew frustrated after years of misunderstanding, a deaf child who will only hear melodies in her nightmares as long fingers reach through webs like musical notes and catch her by the hair. The reunion is over now. The basement graveyard lights out. Cold fall streets smear pages of leaves wet with timely rain. Her lover's hand takes hers during Ave Maria in church on a Sunday, and she thinks, I didn't even know that spider's name.
0: Very nice. Uh, Thank you. I'm glad glad you decided not to lurk today. you You know, I was trying to remember what the 315 project is that you mentioned, and I was, you know, frantically looking on the Internet so I could sound informed and, 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 and come back and say, oh, yes, 315 project, that's when blah, blah, blah. But but sadly, I'm drawing a blank, and I couldn't find it. Can you tell us what that's about? The 315
1: experiment. Yes, it's been going on since 1993. It was originally started by myself and Bernadette Mayer. Do you know poet Bernadette Mayer? Um when I was at the Naropa University, and uh, it's every year—it's been going on for, for 17 years—and um, it's coming up soon. Every year during the month of August, poets from around the world um, wake up at 3:15 a.m. to write. So you do it every day for the week of for the month of August. And we've got a website um at if you just put three one five experiments three fifteen experiment the numbers, not the letters. you'll go to the website it'll have we've only been logging the poems online since nineteen ninety nine and we did miss a year someplace in there um, but uh people who choose to have their stuff put online they can. We also have a Facebook page, so you can join in. Anyone can do it. It doesn't matter how long they've been practicing as a poet. Um, uh, But the idea is to kind of ride that that state between waking and sleeping and sleeping and waking and kind of ride in that hypnagogic kind of state. And some really interesting material comes out. So, um, It's a difficult assignment if you happen to um, live with Someone who are married and they have to wake up early in the morning. They don't generally like being woken up at three fifteen for a month. <laughs>
0: I can imagine. That's about an hour after I go to sleep. I, I, you know, I sometimes barely, barely asleep by then. I don't know if it, it, it would be fair for me to participate in any point. I,
1: I think you should participate this year. Go to the Facebook page or the website and and find us and um, and absolutely participate
0: you mean being .com. pardon three fifteen experiments dot com yes, and just the letters the numbers, the
1: letters the numbers three one five
0: experiment Got com.
1: and the uh, facebook group you can find easily by doing a search on the three fifteen
0: experiment well it sounds very cool and it's coming up soon i guess
1: so i'm glad it's coming that. up soon yeah Michigan. So, Danica,
0: thanks so much for opening up the show for us and for your your tip on Quebec City. And I hope that you call in again. We do this every month.
2: Yep. All right. You take care.
0: Have a good show. uh, (laughs) Thanks thanks very much. All right. That was uh, Danica calling from Vancouver, British Columbia,
4: Canada. Moving
0: right along to a caller from the 707 area. (coughs) code. Hello.
5: Hey, hey Rick. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. This is Don from Sonoma.
0: Uh, hi Don from Sonoma. The last Welcome time I was
5: on was uh in February. And I'm very glad that the last Lurker was decloaked. She's a a good voice, this Danica. Yeah. Thank you for being good. around for for that.
0: On behalf of Danica and all people from Canada, I I thank you, Don.
5: I just have one poem here, but it takes three paragraphs of introduction, so um, bear with me. This poem is in a brochure or mini chapbook that I hand out gratis, which means free, or I've been told means free. And... um, the introduction to this poem goes: This small brochure, dedicated to the observation of the 85th birthday anniversary of Miki's Theodorakis, the Greek composer called the father of composers, points attention to a great composer, and even more so to a great man. Although Theodorakis's fame in the popular mind rests on his music for the film Zorba the Greek. His musical work, as well as his written work, which consists of five volumes of autobiography alone, uncovers a world citizen. A member of the Greek parliament in four sessions, his opposition, imprisonment, and torture by the junta which seized control of Greece from 1967 to 1974 stands as an example of a gentle yet persistent stance against the forces of authoritarianism and totalitarianism. He withstood physical torture and the death of his friend Andreas, whom he memorialized in music and lyric. Backdoor pressures were placed on the junta until they gave up Theodorakis' body infected with tuberculosis. Some say that it was the effort of one or two people which was the deciding point upon which the Junta released him, but both heads of state and those in opposition were united in many countries in Europe in their resolve to see him set free. The poem is entitled A Prisoner of one of the junta's officers for Miki's Theodorakis. Officer, I feel your clothes, eyes, hit me in the small of my back. You know lawfully I cannot attack you in the same way without being asked. You've got an attitude, mister. And I felt, when you have asked that before, you tempt yourself to take that great, Erect baton from the front of your pants and beat my head, my neck, my face, and my shins with it. And I become a mouthful of spit in comparison to Odysseus, Elites, C. Officer, take my legs and break them. They are thin and crumble like wafers. Cut my body with your truncheon. Blood will drip and flow like wine from a broken and homeless bottle. Officer, my fractured body, from which blood sings, creeps on the ground, still a being. You haven't clubbed me hard enough, or are you enraged that, with this shattering which you have done, that you have become frightened that I haven't attacked you in revenge? Officer, I have moved my hands to shield my face, my head. My testicles and my kidneys Officer If those in the audience Do not see in me A broken body Or puddles of blood flow Frozen How can the same audience see My shattered mind Black and blue With thought beating Wet and slippery With red emotional sewage, Which you will flush Clean away
0: Don, thank you. Thank you very much.
3: Thank
0: you. Um, anything you want to quickly uh mention uh, happening up in Sonoma?
5: Uh two things. Um next week on Sunday is the meeting of the Heal Society. And next week that is in a, at a fronty restaurant and uh, then uh, uh, I have missed a meeting today of Redwood Riders. Uh, both of which you can uh, can use a search engine on. Thanks much for existing, Rick. Gesund.
0: Uh, I didn't have much, uh, much say in it, but I'm happy to continue existing. Um, thanks for that. And, Don, thanks for calling in and, and also to you for existing as well. Have a good one. That was uh, Don calling from Sonoma, California, a repeat offender here on Coetry Super Highway Live moving Right
4: now, to a caller from the, let's see here, uh, eight six three area
0: code. Um, hello,
4: he- hello, Rick. He- hello, Rick. Hi. Um, I'm Noreen Jen- Noreen Jenkins, and I got a, um, a poem called "Our Uncommon Friendship," and this one I want dedicated to our friends Carol and Alan Tyler, and and they're moving away next in a, in a month. And I want to dedicate this to them, and if they're out there listening, um, we're going to miss you, and, and we cherish your, your friendships. Okay, our uncommon friendship. May your new journey in life be a good one and a happy one. May you find your pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. May your guardian angels watch over you wherever you go, for you are a great friend, a true friend indeed bringing smiles and laughter, kindness to all you meet. I will miss our get-togethers and meeting at the Women's History Month. I wish you could stay, but we can still communicate through email, through Facebook, and through snail mail. One thing for sure, we might live far away, but our friendship will always be close and here to stay. The, The end.
0: Noreen, you're in Florida. Are
4: you near a, a coastal area? Um. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, well, not really. The coastal area is in the middle of Florida. It's in the middle of Florida. They called the Ridge.
0: Okay. So I was going to ask, I, I, I've been looking at some maps of the oil spills, as I said, and mm-hmm. uh, there were several spots in Florida that where different kinds of effects have shown up in terms of smells and small bits of oil, but if I get you, I guess if you're in the middle of the state, that really doesn't uh, affect you uh, directly that much. No. Okay. Well, well, well Good for you then. Uh, thanks for calling in. As always, i to you hear your voice.
4: Okay. Thank you. And I would like to say my website, my official website is www dotwebs.com. Dot oh, another thing, my friend Carol Tyler, she has two books out too, and they're both good. One's called Out of the Gutter, and Footprints. She writes romantic uh, novels. Okay, mm.
0: great. Okay. Well, I hope, uh, I hope a bunch of people go to your website. Thanks again for calling in.
4: Okay, thank you. That's okay. Fine. Okay, bye. Was,
0: uh, Nor- Noreen Ann Jenkins from Lake Wells, Florida. Uh, Again, the number to call in is area code 646-716-7362. Moving right along to a caller from the 908 area
5: code. Hello. Rick. This
3: is your governor. This is your governor. I wrote a penis poem.
5: I'm I'm sure
3: you Can you hear me? I, I wish Rick? I could say no, David, but, uh, but yes, <laughs> David. Well, this, this is a penis poem called The Second Amendment. Uh, I uh, dedicate this for uh, Little Miss Bendy Straws, Sarah Palin, uh, Dick the Boogeyman, Cheney, and uh, the NRA. And I wrote this uh, after pondering for a long time the the proposition that, uh, basically asking the question that, here you have all these people out west. It's not like here uh, east, but out west, especially when I went to Arizona, I saw all these people, you know, carrying their guns, as huge, big-ass firearms in public. And now there's a big shit, you know, that... There's a democratic president, and they're all worried about their Second Amendment quote rights unquote, which I dispute, but that's for another forum and uh, another venue. However, um, my question if was.
0: You know, if, uh, if I could really interrupt, that whenever I I log in to host this show, that's the only time that I'm also carrying a weapon.
3: Oh, that's good. That's okay. That's okay. But but. Uh, The thing is that a lot of times I'm wondering, what if the um, weapon size, the the gun size, was in direct proportion to the penis size? You know, the bigger the gun, the smaller the penis? (laughs) I was wondering about that. So this is what I wrote. Uh, Please hang on to your seatbelts. Here it goes. Show your gun, hide your penis, with burgeoning, morbidly obese pride as you show it off in public while hiding your teeny-weeny little wiener, the Millimeter Peter. Show your gun, hide your penis. You are like John Wayne or any other heroic vigilante whose penis size cannot be determined. How big is your teeny-weeny little Millimeter Peter? Show your gun! Hide your penis! This way they'll think that it's longer than it really is, always hard and ready, like G.I. Joe slash Jane, whose genitalia cannot be seen. Show your gun! Hide your penis! Why show off your shortcomings when you can ejaculate like Cheney's hunting accident with elongated perpetual chromium steel erection? However, would it not be safer if you were to show your penis, hide your gun, let it wave like old glory in the fascist sun, as it shrivels on your testicles like a raisin on a marshmallow? So, show your penis! Hide your gun. Is it much safer that way, with no constitutional amendments required?
0: Well, uh, David, that's a great example of how we have no content or style restrictions here on live. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for highlighting that for us. I thanks for thanks for getting that out, uh, as it were. That's, uh, thank you.
3: Okay, you're welcome, Rick. Thank you. Talk to you next month. All right.
0: That was, uh, uh, though he didn't tell us, perhaps on purpose. I'm not sure. That was uh, David Neves calling from Newark, New Jersey. The unmistakable voice of David Neves. That's, that's how I knew who it was without him even saying so. There, there are people like that in the world. I'm, I'm sure you have them uh, in your own in your own communities as well. Treat them nicely. Moving right along uh, to a caller from the the. The 310 area code. Hello, 310. Hello? Hello? Rick? Yeah.
6: It's Marie Lequevaine. How are you?
0: Hi, Marie. I'm great. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to Poetry for Highway Live.
6: Yes, I know. My second time here. Yay. Interesting poetry. I like, what was the Canadian girl's name? Her work was
0: excellent. Danica, yeah, she was,
6: she Danica. was great, huh? I liked her, yes, very much, and all others were interesting too.
0: Are
2: you
0: planning on uh, on waking up at three fifteen every day the month of August and participating? In you know, 3:15? I
2: wake
6: up. I wake up at three at three thirty every day to go to work, so fifteen minutes before that wouldn't kill me. <laughs> I might just try that experiment. It, it's almost not fair,
0: really. Huh. It's almost not fair because you should do it. You should you should wake up at a different time just to, you know, offset the the whole thing.
2: Well,
6: consider my life as a series of naps, uh, no, I need every bit of sleep I can get.
0: I I hear you. Anyway, you I have, have a poem, if I may. <laughs> you definitely may. Okay.
6: Well, in you know the Jurassic uh museum, the Museum of Jurassic Technology over in Culver City?
0: I've never been there, but I well, didn't
6: know you it. you should go. It's really cool. It's like Ripley's Believe It or Not meets the Twilight Zone. And so I've been writing a series of poems about it. And this is about the gallery of portraits of uh, dogs that were part of the Soviet space program in the uh, in the early late 50s, early to mid 60s. And this is about a uh, little dog named v- v- the the who is that's Russian for daughter of the stars. This is called The Law of Canine Selection. That's in two parts. One, in Upper Jurassic, while I wait for tea in Madeline's, I stare at the portrait of Zvidojska, Daughter of the Stars, a scrappy little mongrel plucked from the cold streets of Moscow who was given a one-way ticket to the heavens, her only companion, a mute named Ivan Ivanovic. Clothed in metal armor, she winged her way around the globe in Sputnik 10. When she returned, she and Ivan were rewarded for their perilous journey with only a footnote in the annals of Soviet prestige. Two, Tula the Windhound, descendant of the decadent bourgeois, Her silken coat, ruffled by imaginary breezes, appears out of nowhere. She seats herself beneath the portrait of Svodoychka, beds down for a nap, and transforms herself into an amusing juxtaposition of canine-have and canine-have-not. Her karmic pedigree has kept her earthbound, which, of course, disproves the communist ideal. Though I wonder if Tula dreams of the stars, the celestial winds running through her hair, and envies Vodochka her proletariat glory.
0: Hmm. Wow, being a dog astronaut is like like winning the dog lottery. It occurs to me. I mean, to think
6: how it was no, it wasn't back in the 60s because half these dogs didn't make it back. I mean, the oh. like little. The Sputniks would explode or they would freeze to death.
2: <laughs> come back yeah, and they would be it.
6: Yeah. I mean the Sputnik program was at best like a crapshoot for a dog. And they pulled these dogs they just found these little mongrels. They didn't send up wolfhounds. they didn't send up wolfhounds. They would send up mongrels.
0: And luckily so Zenoichi was one is, of the few that survived. <laughs> so what you're saying is it um, it was basically the Mangala of dogs.
6: Mm, I wouldn't say it was a mangula of dogs. It was more like um, let's just say that the that PETA or the ASPCA would have been on their doorstep in five minutes had they been around in Soviet Russia in the 60s. So, but the so survived, and you can find her portrait. It's a very cute little, like, brave portrait. It makes her look like she should be on like the you know like a pedigree dog commercial, can of dog food or something in the over at the Jurassic Museum. Everyone should go there. It's a great experience. Dog
0: food of the dog astronaut. Um, it is... Yeah. What is the Jurassic? <laughs> exactly. I, when I hear the word Jurassic, all I can think of is dinosaurs.
6: Well, Jurassic is the only period in history, a prehistory, that actually can't accurately be measured. It doesn't have a definite starting point. And it doesn't, it's like this is one period during uh, uh, prehistoric times that doesn't have like an accurate end- beginning or an accurate ending. That's why Jurassic is just sort of like... There's a question mark after the name Jurassic. Okay. So
0: what would one find there? You would find...
6: You would find the Soviet Portrait Dog Gallery. Um, You'll find a wonderful exhibit on the Mount Wilson Observatory. The fan... The the ton of fan mail that actually got the observatory built and funded back during the Depression era. Uh, You'll find a series of mini portraits uh that are small enough to go through the eye of a needle, including a portrait of Chip Pope John Paul II. which is kind of creepy looking. And you, my favorite is uh, collections of ephemera from the finer, uh finer collections of ephemera from America's trailer parks.
2: There's all kinds like of it. stuff there. But it it's you know it's like donated. It's, it is. It's really
6: cool. <laughs> It's a $5 donation to get in. They have a tea room upstairs. You can drink lots of nice strong black tea or have Madeline's. And it's just a fun place to go. I think they're open Thursday through Sunday. And Tula the Windhound is there, and she's very polite and gracious.
0: Do you think that the people who sent dogs up into space are the same people who... Uh, do you think they started out with, with like, sending hamsters up in, in model rockets?
6: I don't think so. I think that uh, they were in the. I know that the Soviet and U.S. space race was pretty uh, was was pretty in- intense. But I also know that after reading up on the on the U.S. space program with the uh, with the animal experiments that they did, that the Soviets were actually a lot nicer to their dogs than the uh, than the U.S. the NASA was to chimps
0: or or, or rabbits or mice or ants. So. Well, cruelty I mean, to monkeys is, is a whole other topic that, that that I could spend the next several hours uh, weeping about. So I, I, you know, I don't want to get into that. But oh no, but, no, Marie, no, but you, you you run a, uh, if I may, uh, just redirect the, the discussion to poetry for a moment. Uh, you you run a poetry website, is that correct?
6: Yes, it's called uh, Poetic Diversity. dot org, and we're now biannual. The new issue will come out in August and then there'll be an end-of-the-year issue, and then we're going to go to June and December starting next year.
4: And cool.
6: submissions We are taking submissions for December, so if folks want to take a look at the submissions, they can just go to poeticdiversity.org. There's a submission form, so you can stick your work in there. Uh, not very hard. And we try to get back to you within 60 days.
0: Nice. Oh, is oh. <laughs> <laughs> just for California poets? I know when you when you started out, it was kind of Southern California-centric, and, and maybe it still is, which is which is fine. Is, it, is that true, or that you open submissions from elsewhere? No,
6: I take submissions from pretty much everywhere. I mean, I'll be honest that, you know, poets from the L.A. and SoCal area will get first consideration as long as their work is quality, and as long mm-hmm. as I'm not getting, like, 100% previously published work, because so I've decided I'm getting kind of tired of that. Um, my... You know, the site is for you know, for anyone who's a quality poet and outside of the area, of course. I mean it is all about diversity. We publish, you know, run of the mill poets, we publish academic poets and we publish slam poets. Anyone who can write, anyone who has anything to say and as long as it's a quality. And by quality I mean that, you know, there's no spelling mistakes and that you're not, you know, confusing a colon with a semicolon all over the place and you don't have, you know, a comma fetish, then yeah, you've got s anyone's got a good chance of getting published. We're going into our eighth year,
0: so. Well, that's quite Well, oh, I'm writing this down, but hold on a second. No comma fetish. <laughs> I mean, because that pretty much, uh, you know, eliminates 90% of my work. Well, no, your work Oh, and I forgot to tell it's... you,
6: Rick, I really love your new book, and I left, you, I left you a short review on Amazon.com. Oh, cool.
0: Thank you so much.
6: Wow. That's you're awesome. welcome. And so for anyone who's listening, I'm not sucking up to Rick, but I really want to say that, you know, his new book, We Put Things in Our Mouths, is fantastic.
0: So, it's
6: all about buy the book.
0: fetish, I should mention.
6: He did not pay me to say that.
0: It's, it's not, it doesn't actually have a comma in it, but it's really just about my, my fetish of the comma, and it, it gets pretty pretty graphic as a matter of fact uh, in that realm. <laughs> well. So just if, if you're not into that, I... I wouldn't check it out. But otherwise, Marie, I totally appreciate the plug. Oh, I'm happy to do it. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much for calling in. You, you've shared a great deal of information with me that I am going to be checking out in terms of the Jurassic Museum and and, and, and that kind of thing. So thank you so much for that, and please call in again.
6: Okay. Have a great week, thank great you. Sunday. Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks, you too. Marie Le Crevin from... Here, from here in L.A., she runs the website PoeticDiversity.org, which is accepting submissions for their December issue. It's a, it's a biannual online publication featuring poetry, prose, reviews, different kinds of things like that. And it has a great archive online of everyone who they have published in the past, So, which is all very accessible to find, so you could spend, you could spend days and days reading through the material on their site. It's in their eighth year right now, and, and no, I'm not sucking up to Marie either, uh, for uh, for that either, but uh, I guess there's a mutual respect thing going on there. Marie, thank you again for your, your nice words about my book, we put things in our mouths, which I, you know, I, I've had it uh, out for, for several months now, but I haven't officially released it yet. I may do that sometime in the next couple of years we'll see. All right, moving right along, we've got about 23 minutes or so left in the show. It's funny to say, or so, after such a specific number, don't you think? The number to call in is 646-716-7362. Moving right along to our next caller from the 614 area code. Hello. Uh,
2: Hello, Rick. This is Nicole from Columbus, Ohio. How are you doing today?
0: I'm great, Nicole. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. (laughs) How's everything in Columbus? Well, um, Columbus seems to be going pretty good. Um, I'll kind of run through what we've had recently. We had our, um, we had our uh, Columbus Arts Festival last weekend, actually. And this year, um, every year they have a uh, tent at which um, poets who, who audition and are selected get to read maybe 20 to 30 minutes of their work. Uh, Those who score the highest in the poetry competition get an hour, and then there's a couple of slams that run during that weekend. Uh, This year, they decided to change the theme to Word is Art. I wasn't able to attend due to some other family commitments, but I understand that the Word is Art tent at the festival was very successful. And I believe we've got also ComFest coming up at the end of the month. Um, There are some poetry events there, too. And ComFest is short for Community Festival. And it's a really interesting event to go to. And then, of course, the open mics and everything are running as usual in Columbus. So pretty much that's what's going on here. Are
0: you sure that it's not short for
2: Communist Festival? Oh, Oh, it's actually short for Community Festival. Um, The idea, from what I understand, it started in the late 60s, early 70s as kind of a community festival uh, to highlight certain values, um, community, um, care and awareness, um, peace, um, environmentalism, just different kinds of things going on. And it's really, it's just a really neat thing to go to. Sounds
0: very cool. I just didn't know what the talk of of, of Russian dogs Uh going on in space. A, a few minutes ago, I, ju- I just was a little leery of the abbreviation <laughs> Tom, and I wanted to make sure we were on the same page. But uh, cool. Sounds, um, right, sounds like a, lo- a lot is, is going on. Uh, a lot of good
2: stuff is happening in Columbus. Sure is. And I have a poem for us this month. Um, mine lines up kind of with current events, as um, David's did, but I decided to take a bit of a different turn. Um, I wrote about the current Gulf oil spill thing going down in the uh, down in the Gulf of Mexico. I saw some of the photos. What got to me was another poet who lives near there that I know gave a description about an oil-covered egret. And the whole thing just breaks my heart. I just wonder at the incompetency of BP oil and just, I, I mean, this could be one of our worst environmental disasters we've ever had. Um, Here's my poem about it, and I call it a Gulf Song. There's an artery in the coastline. Fingers spread by you, beckoning to the sea to come in and travel up my arm. Gulf trajectories. Seagulls fly overhead, following the fringe of my fingertips inland. The ocean climbs up inside my palm, reuniting the river at the mouth of my life which is made out of little veins. Water, it is how I live, how I came to you as a cloaked land with veils of trees, wildflowers, and tribes traversing the backs of my hands, up my veins, into my breasts and belly. My womb has seen millions of red men and women exit, hug close to earth, and feel me breathe and call me home. I have billions, trillions, a galaxy of creatures living just beneath the whorl of fingerprints. Crocodiles in my teeth, turtles in my jaw, pelicans and people in my pulse. At an intersection in my wrist of unoxidized blue and bone, there sits an egret, white with sorrow, white with the sea foam that I baptize my own forehead with. He is oil christened, stained with brown, feathers slicked down, you birth dead dinosaur bones from the trenches in my knees, caverns in my colon, light your fires and call them Vietnam's children, little tragedies lit when my eyes grow dark each night. Candles do not burn in the ocean, and boats cannot swim in God's acre. There is a necropolis of expired lives, scaffolding and chassis of iron and bone copped up and vacant on the ocean floor. It will lie beneath the shroud of oil that burns and congeals within the reach of my fingers. Let the poison travel up my arm, hope that venom can be sucked out by a kindly mouth and a bittersweet tongue. My wrist is still knitting itself together, bone halves seeking solace with each other after being shattered apart by a hurricane hammer, and there is no prayer for this except for the cry in your own throat, except for the children of mine that you watch the oil off of like they were your own babies, except for sickness like tarballs resting in the hollow behind your navel, except for the fire launched from the soft beds of your own tongues. If you find that prayer, say it for me. I will need it to survive.
0: Very nice. Very nice, Nicole. I... You know that's uh, the, the, the the spill, as it's called, which doesn't seem to be the right word, is I'm consuming my thoughts whenever I look at the news and the internet and things like that. I I would suspect it. it I mean, may, I'm probably wrong, but it, maybe it's the worst environmental disaster in all of history. I I can't think of another another event, which is as broad-reaching as as this one, which has the potential to literally kill the entire gulf, you know?
2: Indeed, and up until then, I think the Exxon oil spill was the worst, but this has by far surpassed it in both effects and size and just the number of species that are being affected.
0: Yeah. You know, just the species is is, the most heartbreaking, but the the livelihoods of the people who, who live and work on the Gulf, the the people who just want to go to the beach and enjoy it, who can't because it's now covered with oil. You know, it's, it's so globally impacting every aspect of, of life in, in the, the affected areas and, and well beyond, it seems, you know. Indeed. Well, Nicole, thanks for... Thanks for for bringing that issue up on the show and for sharing your work. As, as, Olivia, you, do you want to remind us of your website?
2: Uh, sure. Um, it is ravenswingpoetry.com. That's all ran together. Um, my blog poem's there probably between once and twice a week. And um, just feel free to come and check it out.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks for calling in and for sharing your piece again.
2: All right, well, thank you. All
0: right, take it easy. That's uh, Nicole Nicholson calling from Columbus, Ohio. All right, we've got about 15 minutes in the show, two callers on the line. Uh, We might be able to squeeze a third in. So the number is 646-716-7362. Give it a try, won't you? I'm moving right now to the 760 area code.
7: Hi. Hello, Rick. This is Brandon Seymour.
0: Hey, Brandon.
7: Hey! Wow, I'm I am uh, still enjoying the previous poem. Uh, from was that that was from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Wow, it's it's really wonderful that uh, that I you know to make contact with people across the nation that are thinking about the the Gulf right now. But that that last line, if you find that prayer, say for me, I'll need it to survive. Is that was that the last line?
0: I, yeah something
7: like that that's that really um I don't know that that's one of those diamond lines you know where where it really comes down to that point that I think a lot of people have been needing to hear that that was a marvelous poem, so that's what i'm doing i'm I'm just enjoying the uh the conversation today, but that last one was it really spoke to me That's
0: great yeah you you uh, from my perception of your work, you're particularly interested in, in poetry that, that deals with social and human issues, and, and this is, it seems like that one would have been right up your alley. Did, can you think of an environmental uh, disaster that, that, that even compares to to what's happening now from any point in history?
7: I, I can't. I mean, we've had some incredible... There was the Union Carbide disaster in India that was terrible, um, but it dispersed relatively quickly this thing that's happening in the Gulf is going to go so far, and already we had taken the ocean for granted, and there were so many things that were... so many creatures that were in precarious states already in the ocean. Um, it's... it's, it, You know, it... Um, it is... It is, I think... I, I don't know of anything in my life that is, has that is, uh, affected me like this, that's gone on this long. I mean, we've had... Terrible disasters, but you know your comment about what this means to jobs, and and when you think about what happens to a family when somebody loses their livelihood, um, there are all kinds of other problems. You know, there are, there are obviously health problems um, uh, just just from the oil itself, but then there's the health problems of poverty. There's the uh, the, the marriages that break up. We know that when when wages are affected, that families are affected negatively, that that families will split up. And and this is uh you know, I don't think we've begun to really fathom what what this means to to people uh in in that whole area. Um it's it is I can't think of anything like this that, that's gone that far. Yeah which is why I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to hear some of the comments. I, I, I heard one news report that said they're worried about how the pensioners that have invested in British Petroleum are going to be affected by this. Um, and, of course, in the business plan, uh, risks like this have to be acknowledged, and it's bad business to have some of, the, some of the briefings that some of the, the people at BP were given that said that this was not a, this was not a, a serious potential outcome of, of doing this. Um, and, and we have a number of, of, of measures going forward that are incredibly risky. I think going back into fission power, not, not fusion, but going back into fission power in this country is another very risky proposition. And the assurances that that we know how to handle it are the same as the ones that uh, were given were given us by by people that wanted to drill uh, off offshore uh, that they knew they knew how to handle it and we know the liabilities and uh, anyways I, I I'm sorry to I, I need to bring it back to poetry but uh, that last poem um, was that Nicole? Um, Nicole I just thought. Okay. I just thought that was, uh, that was uh, right on. Good poem. I'm
0: on the same page with
7: you. Yeah. Well, way, listen, you let, let me read an old poem. Um, and uh, I like to think of this as a preemptive poem. It, by the way, I have some good news. My uh, last book, Light in All Directions, uh, received the San Diego Book Award this week for Best Poetry. And this is a heard? poem... Yeah, and this is a poem from that book, and uh, I think it's a preemptive poem. It's called Difficult Colors. In the hardware store by the wood stoves, coolly on display, stand the color kiosks, the paint samples, windows that slide open for me to other places and times. White stone, moonshine, gray horse. We need no rainbows to crack the world into promise. I come across whale gray and know I've seen only one migrating off the broken California coast. Does a color survive its namesake? In the greens, I pull out a dollar to see the color we live for. It is nothing like Amazon moss or trees transformed into green gables. Most of the bill is green on the backside, Lafayette green, to be exact, a place I've never visited. The color of money is gray. Call it ethical silver. Seashells in the scrollwork become fiddlehead ferns, fists raised against winter, a jumbled metaphor from the weave of ecology. On the front, under the etching, the paper appears off-white, a young gull's wings beneath storm clouds. On the face, the treasury seal and the serial numbers are green, to be precise, jade green, giving the currency a stony indifference. The futility of naming any color promises poets work because things change with weather and the position of light. So the gull's feathers darken after her second year. The same gull who looks less silver inland under December storms than she does above the glare rising off July waves. Coats of paint disappear into thirsty plaster the way people and places do when anyone stops telling stories about them. So, to all the names of the endangered species and extinct May you be more than colors, more than imagination. May the grays and greens of dollars never mean more than what they could never create, what they can never replace on this rare planet, more than poems can name. Another diamond end line there, Brandon. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, Rick, and, and and thank you to the other readers. It's it's been a wonderful afternoon. I just love these Sundays, and it's especially nice, um, you know, when people really bring their heart, uh, as that one poem did. I I, I was uh, enjoyed it very much.
0: Cool. Well, glad to have you a uh, part of it as well. Congratulations on your your book award as well. Much much more success to you.
7: Thanks, Rick. Happy Sunday. You too.
0: That's uh, Brandon. Calling from Valley Center, California in the uh, greater San Diego area. The number to call in is 646 716 7362. Moving right now to a caller from the
3: 206 area code. Hello.
0: 206, you're on the air. Hi, here. I it. Okay. What? Well, this is fascinating. Yeah. We have talking going on in the background, but. Yeah, they're in. Hmm. And put the phone down and. and maybe take to this background conversation. Thank you. Sorry. I'm like, let's talk to them for a little while and see what we can hear. Hmm. Probably. 206 area code, are you there? Well, the background conversation seems to have stopped. We'll just move on. The number again is 646-716-7362. Call back in to a six area code. We'd, we'd love to hear what that was all about. Even listening to Poetry Superhighway Live, my name is Rick Lupert. I'm the proprietor. I've already told you this at the beginning. I really don't need to repeat everything I've if you have no idea who I am or what we're doing, I suggest that you go back and listen to the beginning of the program. I'm frankly all tired of telling you all of this information all the time. But uh, I want to thank all the people who who have called in, from uh, uh, starting with Danica from Vancouver, British Columbia, Don from Sonoma, California, and Noreen Ann Jenkins from Lake Wells, Florida, David Nez, thank you very much for being a repeat caller and uh, giving your unique voice to poetry Super superhighway live Marie Licravan calling from here in Los Angeles who gave us a wonderful dissertation about dissertation about restaurants and in the space and the amazing things you can find at the Museum of Jurassic technology again here in Los Angeles uh, Nicole Nicholson in Columbus Ohio who read a wonderful piece bringing our attention back to the Oil disaster, a catastrophe in the Gulf area. Spill just seems like the wrong the wrong word. Nothing still. There was an explosion underground, and oil is, is uh, well, you know what's happening. It's, it's, a, little spill. it's a disaster. And uh, finally, Brandon calling from Valley Center, California. Our next show will be on July 18th. And it is going to be a special show which will feature the judges of the next Poetry Superhighway contest, which I talked about at the beginning of the show, which will be starting about a week or so earlier than that. You'll have the chance to, that'll be about a week into the the contest. The three people who will be judging the contest will be online with us talking about what they look for in poetry, uh, taking questions from you about... What, you know, anything that you might have about what they're looking for when they're scoring your poems. It would be a really great show to listen to if you're considering entering the contest, which, again, hasn't begun yet, so don't enter now. If you're considering entering, having the chance to directly access the judges uh, right at the beginning of the contest is really a great opportunity for you. And in such an accessible contest, anyways, they're only $1 per poem entry fee. You can enter as many as you want, you can enter one poem for one dollar if that's all you want to do. One hundred percent of the entry fees will be divided up between the top three scoring poets. What does that mean? That means that no money is made by me or Poetry Superhighway uh, from your entry fees. It's just simply all of the money goes back to the three top scoring poets. And say you're not one of the top three scoring poets, you will get a prize anyway. You'll get a poetry book in the mail. You'll get a subscription uh, uh, to a literary magazine. You'll get a you'll get a, a, an artwork. You'll get a, a gift certificate to something online donated by many many sponsors who've already signed up. A ton of people have already signed up to sponsor. There's there's almost seventy five prizes already. So it's uh, you're guaranteed to get something just for entering the contest. If you're interested in sponsoring, if you've got a book of poetry, if you've got something that you think would be of particular interest to people who would enter a poetry contest, whether it's one copy of that thing, whether it's a service that you offer, or perhaps you have a whole slew of chapbooks or, or something. You run a small press or a large press or a medium-sized press. Press of any size, and you want to you donate a number of copies of, of your books to potential contest entrants, then I encourage you to click on the 2010 contest from the main poetry superhighway menu. and and sign up. You get all kinds of good things to you for being a sponsor, and it helps expose uh, everyone who enters to to what it is that you have to offer. Thanks again to everyone for calling in. Uh, Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back again, as I said, next month, July 18th, with the chat with the contest judges. This has been Rick Lupert of the Poetry Superhighway. This is the the June 2010 edition of Poetry Superhighway Live. Have a lovely rest of the day, everyone.